Hi, I'm Diane Davidson. Welcome back to our podcast, Good Deeds Real Estate with a Mission. And I'm here today with my partner, Bill Weidecker. And husband. And husband. Hi, everybody. I'm Bill Weidecker. But then again, <laughs> you knew that. So today we're going to talk about buyers, um, offers, offer strategy in this competitive market. Um, so shall I ask the first question? Why don't you? Okay, Bill, other than what people might think is obvious, which is usually price, what can a buyer do or what can their agent do for them to uh, make their offer more appealing to a seller? Good spelling. <laughs> Punctuation. <laughs> yes. Um, grammatically correct uh, clauses, sentences. Actually, we're kidding a little bit. However, um, I do believe that, um, you know, I've asked this question in other ways, and it really comes down to this. When working with a buyer client, one of the things that's important is, is if they're making an offer on a home, do they really, really, really want the home? Or are they just, because there's a frenzy out there and they're fearful of loss, that they're just going after anything that they can, that sort of works. They're gonna be in this place for five, six, seven, ten 10 years or more, and it really comes down to, do you really want it? And are you willing to go to whatever lengths you can go to get it? So price is a good example, is, is if somebody's paying five, 10, 20, $100,000 more, depending on their price point, you know, if they're gonna be there for a long period of time, you can justify that, at least I can, and we've done it on our own purchases. So, you know, it really comes down to that's one way to set yourself apart. But other than that, you know, we can talk about that, but it really comes down to making the offers as clean as possible. And we can kind of elaborate. It's just, where yeah. do you want to go next? What do you mean by clean? Well, you and I, you know, we actually took the purchase and sale agreement and counted. It's a fill-in-the-blank form. It's a complicated form but it's a fill in the blank nonetheless. And there's over a hundred blanks that need to be filled in in the standard document. Two of them relate to price. So all of the other blanks relate to other things. And so after you get past the pricing, there are all these other parts of offers that can start to become confusing or distracting to the seller. So you, our goal with our clients, the buyers, is to say, how do we make this as appealing as possible to the seller and uh, as low on the distraction scale as we possibly can make it? And without compromising their position. Like an example I'll give to elaborate, that's okay. Inspections, home inspections. If a buyer's going to have one, it behooves them to have it as quickly as possible because then they're not missing other opportunities should for some reason it not that particular sale not to stay together, right? It's also attractive to a seller. The seller doesn't want to wait 14 days to find out if there's something that comes up that could cause them to wait even longer only to put their home back on the market. Well, so for instance, during our initial uh, buyer consultation, yeah. we're talking about the offer process and that just that conversation alone before we've even landed on a property, can take 30 to 60 minutes just on that document. Mm -hmm. um, I feel it's one of the most valuable things you can do as a buyer early on because you're having a strategy conversation without having to aim at any target. Correct. It really gives you the ability to have a um, low-stress conversation because you don't have a property in mind that you might lose if we don't get this over with. Right. It's not emotional. Yeah. You know, it's really, it's in the abstract, 
so there's nothing at risk and it really is it's such a foundational piece i really honestly don't understand when agents don't do that and don't take that time with their buyer and why a buyer making such an important decision wouldn't want to invest that time to understand the strategy that's best to employ and to sort of, you know, and, and to ask any questions they might have when it's not in the heat of the moment. Think of it this way. Um, you know, recently having gone through major surgery, you have a consult with the surgeon and they answer lots of questions. They tell you exactly what's going to take place. You know, going in, um, way before. You're not having that conversation minutes before the surgery. Right. You're having it weeks before. Now, while this isn't surgery, it's kind of financial surgery on one of the most important purchases you're going to make in your life. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I think it is, it is one thing that should not be rushed. Agree. Agree. So I think that if there's anything you can do uh, from a strategy standpoint, it's have that consult with an agent you like and an agent you trust and they should be the same, um, uh, so that you you go into it with the white with the right weaponry uh, when you're ready to make an offer on a property or tools depending on uh, weapon. I like combat. <laughs> um, so what you're saying is that a buyer it would behoove a buyer to work with basically to insist if they're working with an agent that doesn't offer that to ask for it ask if they can sit down and understand the contract, understand what that agent recommends for strategy to help them to help them in their in their quest to find find and, and buy the right home. Yeah, I think if you're if you have an agent that does not want to do that or or you start to get some warning signs about their ability to navigate through the through the purchase and sale agreement, that should give you pause. The you because they're they have your future in their hands with regard to the to getting you the house. So this was not a question I planned on asking and probably went, what wasn't one you're going to discuss, but what I'm hearing is that um, that's something buyers should demand. It seems like that should be that if you're interviewing, if a buyer's interviewing agents, they should ask if that's something the agent does. And if not, it's something they're willing to do. And they should evaluate um, the level of skill that that agent has at preparing and strategizing the offer. No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. Um, look at it this way. From a training perspective, when we we have, every real estate agent was new at one time. Every single one of them. Um, but from a training perspective, for us, when we hire somebody, it's one of the things we spend a lot of time. Yeah. It is a foundational document. And so to, to just slough over it and say, you'll learn this when you've, when you have buyers that want to buy, is the wrong way to do it. Right. Yep. You know, it, it really comes also from, um, we try as buyer agents to always look at it from the seller's perspective, again, to be able to strategize. And usually the, usually the recommendations we're making happen, they, they're, they, they're a win-win for the buyer and seller, like, the, like a quick inspection, for instance, um, or a single deposit. You know, our form, to get into the nitty-gritty details, but the Form has an opportunity for a first deposit, a second deposit, and if for some reason that second deposit gets lost on the way, the seller can cancel the contract. So there are things that you know some of, some of those blanks are a bit archaic, and we we work with our buyers and explain kind of the workarounds that are that also are um, attractive to a seller. Again, the more moving parts that there are in these fill-in-the-blank documents, the more confusing it can become. The more distracting distracting is a better word. Because if I'm making an offer and I say I'm going to give you $500,000 for the house and I'll close whenever you'd like, Mrs. Seller. 
it's a little different than um, I'm going to give you $500,000 for the house and I'd like the grandfather clock and the swing set in the backyard and I don't want to pay for the fuel that's in your tank. And I, you see how all of a sudden now it, it starts to become all of these things that, that it's distraction. And so a good, uh, a good realtor will help you negotiate through the most important things. For instance, maybe the swing set is important. Okay. But maybe there are other things that aren't important at all. It's, it, it really comes down to this. If, if you find as the buyer that you lost the offer because of the grandfather clock, and then you say, I didn't really want the grandfather clock. I told you it would be nice, and you put it in there. But see, so my point is, is that a good agent will help you navigate through all of that in crafting the offer rather than finding out later why it didn't work. Mm -hmm. So in our current environment, we're seeing multiple offers, and we're seeing what um, some agents are calling escalation clauses. Can you tell me what that is? I can. And what you Shall think I? of that? <laughs> okay, so an escalation clause is where one person, one buyer who is offering, um, starts with a number and offers to pay X number more than the, uh, high, the highest offer, usually with a limit. I'll give you an example. The asking price is 300. They offer 300, but they're willing to pay $1,000 more than any other bona fide offer up to a maximum of, say, 320. Okay? So they, they will escalate $1,000. It can be a $1,000 increment, it can be a dollar, it can be 5,000, whatever it is. And they always have a maximum and they always have a starting point. Is that clear? Yeah. What's your thoughts on that if you're representing a buyer and a buyer sort of says, hey, what do you think of these escalation clauses? You know, I, I have relatives that just did, did one. So it really depends, again, with what the buyer's wishes, right? So it could, um, it, it could help the buyer to buy the house without spending as much as they might have to if they just went right to the top. So in this case of three to three twenty, if they just offer three twenty, maybe the seller is willing to sell it to them for three fifteen because that's a thousand dollars over the next highest. But maybe, but maybe not for a couple of reasons. Some sellers don't want to deal with escalation clauses, and in this market with many offers, if there are a few escalation clauses, it's nearly impossible to navigate which what comes out where on the top. Mm -hmm. So there are sellers. I would say that they. So the question is, do you do you want the house? For $320,000, or would you rather try to get it for less, knowing that that might hurt your chances of getting it? Okay. I mean, it's, it's going to be up to them. It's always up to our clients. You know, even without escalation clauses, one thing I learned a long time ago is that some, when a buyer pays as much as they want to pay and, and sweetens terms however they want to sweeten them, sometimes it's not because they're, they're at their limit. It's just that's how much they like that house. That's how much they want that house. Mm -hmm. So I would say if a buyer is interested in exploring that option they need to it's a risk assessment it's a you know, risk assessment right so they risk losing the home by not going right up to what they're willing to pay and if they go up to what they're willing to pay they risk that they might have paid five thousand more than they had to kind of need a crystal ball to figure that one out i will say that you know there are sellers who don't prefer them and agents who don't prefer them yeah okay what would be a good tip that you could just sort of uh, on this podcast like a freebie um, for a buyer where you say, what's the one thing that you would you would want to pass along as a piece of advice? Um, really back to what we said before, Bill, um, what you said that uh, the, I think what I call the mock offer process consultation is really, really important. Understand 
um, how adept your agent that you're contemplating working with is at, at negotiating and strategizing because that's what win the day wins the day. You know, as with it's a shameless plug, but I will just say that the agents on our team and many agents here at Calwins and <laughs> agents and other companies um, are are very good at preparing the best offer they can, and many miss here and there. You know, I like to look at we look at every blank on that purchase and sale agreement as if it's the only differentiating factor. If everything else was the same with two offers and one one offer had the deposit coming in a day sooner. I look at we look at every blank as if it's the only differentiating factor and that's why our buyers on average um, make far fewer offers before they went accepted and often have offers accepted for less money than the uh, than, than what the highest offer was because of the combination of terms. I, uh, I agree with you on a couple of things. I agree with you that that consultation is, is it's your best, it's your best, uh, it's your best armor to go back to this, you know, weaponry idea. It's your best armor ahead of time because when the opportunity for a property presents itself, it's, you're now too late to get into the preparation mode and the negotiation conversation that could take an hour or an hour and a half. Uh, when you could have done that weeks before, days before, and now you're rushing to get an offer in, and all that discussion becomes becomes distracting to you, and mm -hmm. it shouldn't be. Mm -hmm. And so, from my perspective, I don't think that every agent tackles this the same way. I really don't. I think that some some agents are just as anxious to go out and look at houses, hoping that that's going to endear them to you, mm -hmm. when really it comes down to this. You gotta, you gotta have somebody that's on your side of the fence that's going to be able to protect you. And just running out, anybody can show houses, anybody. And so you want somebody that's a skilled negotiator and somebody that's going to be a trusted advisor in this process, mm -hmm. not just somebody that can, you know, turn the key in a door. To be very, very blunt. So, what's your free tip? My free tip's a simple one. Hire us. Yes. <laughs> so I guess that's it for today, huh? That is it for today. So thanks for uh, being here today, and uh, be sure to subscribe to YouTube and follow us on any platform you choose. Thank you.